And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch. From growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I got to tell you, uh, we have a super, super exciting episode sponsor, folks. Uh, I don't know if you clearly, if you're listening right now, you like podcasts and, and you find that they're a really, really good way to get information. Well, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Compiler. This is a, an original podcast from Red Hat and they discuss tech topics, uh, big, small, strange, really interesting. You know, I, I had the privilege of looking over and listening to a couple of their episodes and they're talking about like really, really unique stuff that you don't hear in the standard tech podcast space. So I'm just, I'm super, super excited to, to continue giving them a listen and definitely recommend that you do so as well. They're going to be unraveling industry topics, trends, and things that you have always wanted to know. They interview people who know it the best. They're really, really great. They're, they are fantastic actually at curating talent for this show. Uh, you can definitely learn more about Compiler at redhat.com or click the link in our show notes. So today we have with us, um, I got to tell you, I, I'm sure that many, many of you know, the folks who listen to my episodes on a regular basis, you know that I am what I call a STEMinist. I did not come up with that term, but it, it very, very accurate, accurately describes my love for women in STEM. And so today we have with us Rashmi Bambani. She is CEO of Sumati, and we're going to be talking about AI. And we're going to be talking about some really deep tech opportunities and, and products. And, and we're going to be talking about women in STEM. And so I am just, I am so thrilled to have you with us, Rashmi. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Hey, thanks, Lauren, for having me on the podcast. Pretty excited about it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I am so glad to hear it. And let's let's just dive right in, my friend. So so I'm going to ask you, here, here we go. Here's our, our kickoff question. Uh, tell us about your journey. Wow, where do I start? So, um, you know, I um, I grew up in Middle East in Dubai, and uh, but then I moved to Canada. So I'm talking um, from the true north, Canada, uh, 15 years ago. But I was never in tech initially. I started with sales, marketing. Marketing has been my love for most of my life. Um, more on the business side of things. And then um, a few years later, um, like a few years earlier, actually, I got an opportunity to um, you know, found this startup, um, and I couldn't say no because it was such a great a problem that we were solving, and uh, and that's why I moved from business or sales to uh, being one of the co-founders at an AI company. Which I, if you would have asked me ten years ago, would you do that? I would have said absolutely not. <laughs> so, so I gotta ask because so so I also have a marketing background. Um, was there a little bit of culture shock going from this this kind of creative and what well what I would consider a creative environment and then going to something that is just so so deep tech? 
Oh, uh, you know what's interesting? I thought I would have a culture shock. Um, it wasn't culture shock because what I what I found was um, I had an imposter syndrome for sure, um, where everyone was smarter than me. Everyone. <laughs> and, I really um, doubt that, but continue. <laughs> yes, um, I definitely felt that initially. But what I found was, you know, tech needs the creative side. Um, we could have like, you know, without me and, and, you know, without some of the other founders who come from creative background, um, the tech would be a simple tech. Uh, yes, it would be maybe the best of the best uh, technology in the background, but how a business, how, how our customers actually use the product would be completely different. And that's what I think makes a tech really unique. It's not about just coding the technology in the background, but it's actually how creatively you can make it something that's user-friendly. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, we use all these different tools, right? Like I, we use Slack or at our company, we use Slack a lot. It's not the first messenger company, but it just did it so well for businesses that we use it. Yeah. Right? So I, I think we need our, we need the other side, uh, you know, the left and the right side of the brains need to work together. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and so so here um, in the States, and, and I would imagine pr- probably Canada, we have this concept of STEAM. You know, we, we, we talked about STEM for so long. We had science, technology, uh, engineering, mathematics, but then they introduced this A that stands for the arts because there's this understanding that often the two sides inform one another. And it's really important to encourage learning and encourage engagement around all of those things together so that we can get a clearer picture, right? And, and I love that. I love that people are taking a holistic approach to, to some, of these, some of these topics that we have historically kept very separate. Um, so so that, that is super cool. Um, and, I, and I just love that you, you, you've reached a point where you're, you're owning your experience, right? Um, how's that imposter syndrome going? <laughs> oh, I had to kick that out of me very soon because, as, you know, with entrepreneurship, the other thing that happens, even as an entrepreneur, you're like, can you actually do this? So a whole different game, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> definitely learning quickly um, and, and having a great team around me who supported me all throughout this journey has been very helpful. Um but um, but yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, it, you, you're right about that steam. Like, I want to touch a little bit on it. I remember when you know earlier it was all about STEM, 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 and someone told me now that you know people are talking about steam, which was a few years ago, and I'm like, you know, that is it. That's what we always missed. Like, it's not only about the engineering concepts; it's about how the application works, and um, you need to have that art, or you need to have that left and the right side brain that needs to work together. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. It's like you know, it's kind of the flip side of the coin. Like these are all really one thing, even though they're. It's like the the mission is the same, but the tactics are different. Uh, and I I dig that so much. Well, so so talk to us a little bit about Sumati. Can you can you give us kind of a high level explanation of of exactly what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, a simple example is um, think of any time you have had a customer support issue, um, like with any tools that you use, any, you know, many of us have Apple products uh, or uh, think of if you run into an issue with your phone, you're calling the provider, hopefully they're able to solve the problem, either calling, emailing, chatting, whichever channel you use. you always hear or you see a message that this message is recorded for quality purposes. 
Um, the reality is uh, there is no human way to go through all of these conversations. Uh, where Samadhi comes in is we analyze all of these conversations to provide insights to businesses on what customers are talking about so that they're not sending you a survey after the call to ask, how is the experience? We can just feed that information back into the management to say, here are how the calls are going. Here are the biggest customer problems. So um, that's where we come in. And, and that's what I liked about when I started moving from the business sales marketing side to where I am today where it was a problem that was big enough that it was worth solving. And it was a true problem. Like I, I, I was in business where I always felt, I don't know what's going on in support and I needed information because there is lots of knowledge there. Um, and, um, and I'm glad AI can solve that problem. Yeah, I love that. Well, and, and thank you for, for everything that you do. And I, and I love that there are so many practical applications for the work that you had already been doing. Um, now you're just you're just applying a tool because that's that's really what technology and really what AI is. Right. It's a tool. It is a, a, a tool and an opportunity. And so so I love that you're kind of able to integrate these these two things that you've done. So so talk to us. Um, I heard something exciting about you. Our, one of our producers told me, but you are uh, in a Canada-India acceleration program uh, designed to expedite international growth for women-led co- Canadian companies. Yes. I need to know about this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an exciting program and I'm glad you uh, found us. We, we were there. Um, and it's a very it's a very um, good program. Um, I know it's definitely focused on women led companies, but it's really helping us increase opportunities for Canada and India relationship. Because one thing I always find is, um, you know, with technology companies or with any business, there's only so much opportunity you have in Canada. Especially like you know, yes, we are in North America, but Canada is one tenth the size of uh, the population of us right so it's a much smaller market um and uh, obviously when you think of going outside the first country that comes to everyone's mind is us just by default right we don't think about countries outside but with this program they're helping companies to go think beyond that and you know go, go to countries like india which is very hard for two reasons one it's just it's just there's a lot of distance and definitely with covid things um, got much more harder but having a woman-led company go down there is also a whole different discussion like i remember when i was having meetings with some of the big executives in india um they were all men dominated yeah. <laughs> it was very hard to hard to find one female uh, on that table, and I hear I am there as one one of the co-founders of Samadhi. Right? Yeah. Well, so and so, let me ask you this. Um, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to get vulnerable with us for a moment. But what was that experience like? You know, as a a woman in tech, which I do. I and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I'm I'm tangentially related to the the tech industry, though that I am not myself a developer or anything like that. Um, but like, I think I think it's getting better. Like I definitely see where we are trending upward in, um, I guess, saturation of women in technology. But I also know that we have a long way to go. Like, what has that piece of the journey been like for you? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of both. You're absolutely right. You know, um, this is not a new uh, like I wouldn't say we are not represented today. Um, 
But I think a lot of progress has been made in North America. So that's why some of the discussion, you know, when we were having with companies in India, I definitely felt they were probably five years, 10 years behind Canada or North America. Um, sure. We definitely need to see a pro, uh, some more progress there. Um, but we are definitely getting more represented. Um, you know, over here, like we, when we are hiring, we see a mix uh, of resumes, um, irrespective of which backgrounds we uh, will go through the process. And, um, and and that's that speaks volumes because I remember when I used to recruit earlier, it wasn't the same. So we are definitely see the, seeing the transition. I don't think this has happened so much uh, still. Like I, I think we still have a long way to go. And some of that will be pushed by some of the entrepreneurs like us, right? Like making sure you're hiring uh, females and making sure you're having a diverse team um, and, uh, you know, reaching out, doing going out of your way than the traditional hiring process. Because the other thing we find is if you just post a job description on LinkedIn, it's not going to be like we don't attract the same kind of people versus like we go out of our way to make sure we see equal representation. Yeah. Of applications. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, so, and I'm going to, now I'm going to pick your brain. I asked you to be a little vulnerable. Now I'm going to pick your brain. Here it comes. So, so in, as this industry is changing and, 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 and I do feel like there might be a little bit of a delineation between technology sector and deep tech, because I, I do like to this day, I do a little bit of consulting work on the side, particularly as it pertains to like gender parity for, for the technology industry. And what's interesting to me is like, we, we are seeing wide swaths of, of women and individuals from marginalized gender communities join the technology sector. You know, they're becoming developers, they're becoming QAs, BAs, um, you know, all, all of those things. But we're still seeing a like a, a pretty a pretty large gap <laughs> in gender parity as it pertains to deep deep tech and i mean we're talking about things like artificial intelligence and we're talking um you know we're talking about um aerospace and in neuroscience and like those things that are considered a little less accessible as a, a technology topic. So, so as a woman in AI, what is your perspective of the landscape? Oh, absolutely. You, you hit the problem, right? On the, the, that's probably the biggest reason why when we post uh, job descriptions, we have to go out of our way to find these people, right? Like when, when I'm talking about most of these role being on the data science side or more on the deep tech, like you're right. Like uh, if we post a QA role, full stack developers, that we definitely see some more of that mix. Even then, I don't think it's still fully represented, but um, it's definitely a long way. But deep tech is um, it has a lot of work. And, and today it's still hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes it's also um, you know when when we I question why is it because deep tech as um, as a because it's so much backed by research um, it really gels well with you know what um, the way women's brains think that's what the study has shown so I can only imagine the more females join AI all of these deep tech uh, technologies they. They should be excelling far more than what we have been able to accomplish today. <laughs> yeah, well, that is fascinating because it, it almost seemed like what you just said 
first of all, I've never heard, and I, I talk about women in technology a lot. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of the, you know, it's the cost of doing business in, in what I do. Uh, and I got to tell you, like, I've never heard anybody explicitly state that. Now I have like all of this research that I want to do. You just gave me a, a research uh, rabbit hole to fall down. So thank you for that. But, um, you know, it, it seems almost counterintuitive what you just said. You do not... In my head, or maybe not in my head, but in many people's head, like when you think of the standard technologist, whatever, you know, vertical industry, whatever that might be, um, you think you tend to think male and you tend to think white, cisgendered, heteronormative male, you know, uh, went to one of a prestigious school, works for, you know, a, a large tech company. Like these, these are kind of the preconceptions that we have. And so the fact that you're saying that women are actually uniquely positioned to be more successful in these roles just because of how we're wired. Um, that is, that is fascinating to me. And I got to tell you, it's very exciting. Um, so, so how do you think that manifests for, for women in technology? Like what are the skills and the, the, um, I guess soft skills or what are the, the qualities and traits that make it easier for them to maybe adapt in some of these fields? Oh, I think oh, some of the biggest traits that I find, and in fact, any um, you know, female in AI I work with is how they're able to combine these complex things, right? Like I call AI is complex because obviously it's so, so synthesizing information. <laughs> exactly. How are they able to decipher that to make it so simple that I wouldn't say a fifth grader can understand, but someone who is in grade 10 probably can grasp and be able to find applications in the real world. And yeah. um, and that just by nature is very, um, you know, very tuned to what many females do, right? So, right. Um, so definitely, and research, um, you know, some of the best research papers I have read in our space uh, are written by um, some of the top female uh, AI scientists and it, it's it's really like it definitely is very fascinating they always have a different um, lens um, also when we talk about ethical AI there's definitely you know they um, we, we see a lot of that uh, coming from uh, some of the industry experts who are more who are not the traditional people that you just said right like the white the um, the the white men who went to better universities and stuff like that, right? So you have to bring a mix of different backgrounds. Yeah, and I talked about this on a, an episode that I recorded earlier this week uh, with Stephanie Melodia, and and we we talked about the fact that. I, I have to tell you, like, as we are fighting for equal representation for marginalized individuals in, in, in technology, like the, the goal is not to supersede. The goal is to achieve parity and the goal is to achieve representation because, and I'm going to use an example because I think it's the best way to illustrate what I'm talking about here. But one of the things, um, you know, there was a it was a large tech company. I want to say it was Google, but I'm not 100% sure. But they were developing um, an AI technology around their facial recognition. And they there was this huge you know, controversy within technology communities because the technology that they had developed was having difficulty recognizing people of color. And the reason was, you know, the, the folks who were developing the product and the folks who were, they were testing the product on 
were not of color. And so when you presented this, you know, recognition technology with a face that had, it had never been presented with before, it was finding it was finding it difficult to to recognize that face as a valid face, as an actual face. And, and that's the, those are the kinds of blind spots that you start to see when you, you know what I mean? Like, did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, absolutely. And in fact, even in our space, so we uh, analyze conversations, right? I was uh, telling you about that. Um, so the AI that was built early on was very uh, typical for a white person, male white person. Yeah. Um, the various customer support teams don't have that kind of profile. People are of mixed backgrounds. Uh, also in support, you have different languages, right? Like the minute it went into application, there were gaps. And that's yeah. because it was just built by person by people who thought everyone looked like them. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I just, I, I find it, I find it fascinating. There are so many little, like, there's so much, so many reasons to to see not just diversity, but true inclusion in the technology space. And 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 I love that you are on the forefront. Um, thank you for that. And, and we also, folks, we also want to thank our our episode sponsor. So today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by the Compiler Podcast, brought to you by Red Hat. And I got to tell you, so so I had the opportunity to listen to a couple episodes, um, you know, and, and one of the things that I love about this podcast, so I am technology adjacent. <laughs> you know, I, I have worked around technology for most of my career. I worked in aerospace, IT, and automotive, but I worked in, you know, sales and marketing and business development and operations and like all of the, like, you could ask me to do anything that was not technically technically related. And so um, one of the things that I love about this compiler podcast is the fact that it is so accessible. You know, they're talking, they're not just talking about like the deep tech topics, although they do touch on those. They're talking about the history of technology and how technology integrates into our everyday lives and the opportunities that we have to use technology to make our lives better, which is really the goal, right? You know, how do we make our lives better? And I love that they do it in such an accessible way um, and in such a, a comprehensive, holistic way as well. So, so definitely recommend that folks give a listen to the compiler podcast. Um, you can definitely check them out. Uh, it's an original podcast from Red Hat, Red Hat discussing tech topics, big, small, and strange. And you check out redhat.com. Click the link in our show notes. Check them out because I, I, I am a huge fan. And I know that you listen to podcasts because you're here with us right now. So we're just going to point you to another awesome one. Uh, so, so getting back into it, uh, Rashmi, thank you, thank you so much. We are we are talking about women in AI, inclusion in AI, folks, and it is a fascinating conversation. I love talking about this stuff. This is one of my favorite favorite topics. But tell me this, Rashmi. So, when we're talking. One of the things that, that we do around Startup Hustle is we like to give our, our listeners tactical advice around ways that they can improve their experience, improve their customers' experience, um, you know, be better, stronger startup founders. And so my question to you is this. <laughs> 
what do you see as being needed within the technology space if we are to continue to gain ground around inclusion, gender parity, like all of these topics that we've been talking about? Oh, wow. Hey, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think one thing... One. Like, if you need to take a minute, you're more than welcome. I can definitely patter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question. And it's it's not about... I was thinking, it was like, what could be that one thing, right? Like, I know a few things that we should do, but I think what comes to my mind at the top is having more examples. And, and I know it's a chicken and egg situation, right? But yeah. I... I look up to a few people and I'm like, okay, I want to be like them. Do we have enough examples of that? And sometimes the answer is not that many, but the few that we have, are we able to promote them to make sure that they are in front of our kids, of our teenagers, right? Who can look up and say, that's what I want to be. Like, so they're not thinking, they just want to be a YouTube star. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Um, I think the examples are very few and far in between, especially when you get into deep tech. Right. And 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 that's what if we can get more of, um, would definitely uh definitely help. And and that's when when I moved from, you know, um running marketing teams to say, okay, now I'm going to lead a business. Part of it was to make sure I have an example for no one else, but even my son, that, hey, you know, you don't have to worry about what background you're from, what your gender is, you know, how long you've been in Canada. You can do what you want to do and if you set your mind to it. And there should be enough uh, of people he can look up to. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, so, so I'm going to circle back to something that we kind of talked on because he here's what happens. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're talking and as you're talking, like something kind of reverberates in me. I'm like, oh man, you know, that actually harkens back to something that we just talked about earlier. So I'm going to do that <laughs> if you don't mind bearing with me for just a second. Um, and I'm going to ask you to, to elaborate on something that you, you kind of touched on, you know, the fact that you're, you're not a traditional tech professional, but here you are in this deep tech space. And, and so I, and I find this to be really interesting. I think most people would have expected you to be CMO for Sumati and yet you are COO. Can you talk to us a little bit about that decision? Cause then I, I, I think I have an idea for a way I want to go conversationally, but I need to know your answer first. <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, you know what? It would have been so much easier if I was a CMO. I always keep joking about it. I'm like, I did have to go out of my comfort zone at, or yeah, I would sure. have to, but not too much, right? It's still marketing. Um, what I what I realized when I was moving from you know my marketing mindset to actually okay well co-founding a company and especially an AI company uh, around this, I wanted to do more. I wanted to make sure that you know everything I have learned before I can apply, but also you know get out of my comfort zone. I knew I was not going to be comfortable, but I'm like if I don't do it now, when will I do it? And yeah. I don't want to think 30 years later, oh, I should have done that. I shouldn't have given that CEO role to someone else. So um, it was, I, again, it was, I think, you know, a, a, a matter of few days where I was like, no, I do want to run the operations. I want to be more part of deep tech. Um, and I've always been interested in learning more. In fact, uh, you know, um, one of my first jobs was in finance. I actually, when I did my undergrad, um, I did it in finance. 
And I joined an accounting firm and the first week I didn't like it. So I left it and then I joined uh, and then somehow I got an opportunity in marketing and I went there. But I was always curious to learn. And if I learned something and I didn't like it, I will leave. So I remember when even I took CO, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot for a week or a month. And if it doesn't gel well with me, I'll leave. But it's been three years and I haven't left. <laughs> you know what's, you know what's absolutely... This is so fascinating to me. So that is actually a true uh, developer way, or I, I guess a technologist way of thinking about things. So, so when I when I worked in IT, one of the things that uh, struck me, like when I first started, was the fact that I had so many, like I had all of these preconceptions about developers, and I like I knew that developers were like brilliant, very very smart, but I just figured that they knew all the code. And the fact is most developers that I know, you know, what they are is they're problem solvers. It, it's not that they know every single line of code and every single command and every single thing that you could ever build in a in a language ever. What they are is they're able to to problem solve. And so they're going to troubleshoot and they're going to try things and they're going to get outside their comfort zone and they're going to Google solutions if they don't know exactly how to build something and make a, a product work the way that they want it to. And that's what you did. And I don't know if anybody's ever drawn that parallel for you, but you you didn't have the the map and you didn't have the playbook that you were like, "Hey, I'm going to figure this out." And I'm going to just I'm just going to do it. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, nobody has done that parallel, but it's awesome. And you know, you soon became uh, become best friends with Google. Like, oh my god, every oh, minute. <laughs> How, what is this? I remember. So. I, oh God, I remember. So, so like I was working for a tech company, and we we had just moved off, and I, I was in an operations role, and I had we had just moved offices, and we were um, we were trying to figure out like how to get the power supply to all of the different you know all of the different systems and computers and things like that that we had to have connected, and here I am, I'm like googling fire codes and i'm googling like electrical load on different you know connection points and things like that and i i just stopped and i took a minute and i was like had you told me like five years ago that this would be my life and that i would be like studying this so that we could like pass inspection for a code i was just i was i never would have guessed but i honestly like that's where you find the fun part right yes. for me like is it fun for you Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, so many different problems that we are solving. Sometimes it feels like, oh, I wish it was simpler, but every day it's a new challenge. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, well, and I love that. And you have to have a very, very special spirit and brain to uh, to be able to withstand that because it, it's, with, it's, it's kind of withstanding uncertainty and behavioral flexibility and like stretching beyond what you think is capable. So I got to tell you, I'm in my, in my head and I'm going to do it here now, right by my microphone, but I'm, I'm applauding you, my friends, like Thank very, you. very Thank to you. You did it too. It's hard. I get it. Right. Like, yeah. so. what, what is it? Like get, get comfortable with discomfort, you know, just, it's, it's yes. awesome. All right. So here, here's the conversational direction that I wanted to go with that. So, so I asked because when you think of, when you think of, I guess, um, leadership roles within an organization, um, you've got your CMOs, you've got your, uh, CHROs, <laughs> you've got, um, you know, all of these organizations and you tend to, if you look at the statistics, you tend to see women in leadership in like the C-suite tend to 
again, gravitate to toward those more, um, I don't know how to say this, uh, less organizationally strategic roles. Um, so when, so COO, CEO, CFO, CTO, like the, the roles that are actually charged with driving the financial revenue success of the company. Um, you took that on. Um, have you started to see folks in, in the tech space as they're coming up to their, their leadership roles? Are you starting to see more women and individuals from marginalized communities in those deep strategic positions? So, yes, and I think it is very similar to the answer earlier, right? Like, yes, things are changing. I absolutely see more of, because again, um, you know, sometimes I've, uh, like with the marketing role, if someone would have asked me five years ago, what do you want to become five, five, 10 years, 15 years, what's your career path? It's to become yeah. a CMO, because that's what I've seen all my life, right? <laughs> Females becoming CMOs, Um or CHROs, like just again, very soft skills driven, right? right. Um, and um, I'm definitely seeing that transition. Is yeah. it there yet? I'm not there completely. Like we still, like if we look at the top five tech companies, they're still male dominated, right? Like we have a few in Facebook, but again, um, if I look at Google, is is it a good mix? Not yet. Um but what's interesting is some of the other companies, like in fact, the companies I've worked with very closely here, I've started seeing that mix, right? Like some of our partners. So in fact, people who I work with, we're definitely seeing that change. Um, and um, it's moving in the right direction. Uh, I hope it can accelerate, it can grow more because, you know, I went out of my comfort zone and I'm glad I did, but I don't yeah. know if everyone will, if they don't see these examples. <laughs> yeah. I, and I wonder about that myself. So there's this statistic out there that um, in general, women tend to, uh, they need to be asked to take on a leadership role or take on, take something on three times um, before they will, before they will do it. Um, and that, it's actually industry agnostic, um, that, that statistic. So it could be, will you take this promotion? Will you take this promotion? Will you take this promotion? It will be, will you run for office? Will you run for office? Will you run for office? Because that imposter syndrome that you talked about earlier is so deeply entrenched that you don't automatically think that is an opportunity for me as the default. And so you have to be asked multiple times in order to take that on. And so, and I always found that that statistic so fascinating, but also so frustrating, um, you know, and so, and I do really quickly, I just like, I want to do like a little disclaimer slash caveat. That is no, when we were talking about like the difference between those kind of more soft skill based positions, like that is not a judgment. Like if, if nobody is selling your product or nobody is finding you the right people, like your product's going nowhere. So <laughs> these, these positions are all very, very important. Um, but they just tend, I just, I, I tend to see like this line between, you know, deeply revenue success driven roles versus the, the more human elements. <laughs> and we see like, we see that division fall down gender lines. And I just find that really interesting. Uh, so I just wanted to say that, by the way, before we get like a whole bunch of nasty grams, like, why do you hate Please. CMOs? I was a CMO. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? We need the marketing side for any business that otherwise nobody's buying right. it. <laughs> 
Absolutely. But I think we yeah. need more of it not always being the same person. Well, but I, w- I would love to see more female founders like yourself, you know, the folks who are empowered to to start the company. Uh, and, and so I, I think that that was kind of what I was getting at, like just seeing seeing the differences there. Um, so so I have a kind of weird question for you. <laughs> and it's going to come out of left field. And I apologize in advance, but I'm just going to do it. Here goes. Uh, do you consider yourself to be a leader in the, the deep tech space, like one of the women of AI? Oh wow! <laughs> this is where my imposter syndrome comes back. I, know, I, I wanted. I want to hear you say it though. You need to say it because then I'm going to argue with you. Um, I, you know, um, it took me a while, and I would say yes. But the other thing I also know, and and this is where my female thinking kicks in. I don't know everything about everything, but yes, if in AI, anyone who wants to talk to me, like, what does this space look like? Where they want to start? reach out. Yes. LinkedIn yeah. is available. Um, you know, you can uh, email me um, and I'm happy to talk. <laughs> oh, do you know what you just did? Do you know what you just did for me? You just set me up beautifully for my next question. Are you ready? Uh, yes. So what do you wish you had known at the start of this journey? Like if there is another woman out there, a person of color who's like, I want to get into AI. You know, it sounds like a pretty like lucrative, fun opportunity. What would you what would you tell them? Oh wow. Um you have great questions, Lauren. Oh, um, well it it helps if you have a great guest. How about that? Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um you know I um only one thing. Um be ready for a great ride. Enjoy it for sure. You want to step in, do it. Right? Like just like what we said, you have to go figure it out. There's a lot, lot of unknown, but have fun doing it because um, the reality is nobody has figured it out. It's not that right, AI right. has existed for 50 years and it's all said and done. No, people are still figuring things out. So you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it goes back to that whole like technology developer, like we're, we're just going to, we're here to just figure things out. You know, that, that's, that's the way, well, and that's one of the things that I love about entrepreneurs. And I think that like entrepreneurs and developers have a lot of commonalities in the way that they think like this obstacle that you see before you, it is not a, or, or this unknown that you see before you, it's not a stopper it's an opportunity. It's a, it's a something to be overcome rather than something to like, I don't know, stand in your way and keep you from progressing. So I love that. Uh, it makes me very, very happy that we were able to kind of draw that parallel. All right. So I'm going to ask you a very broad based question and then I'm going to ask you the human question, but first the broad based one is what do you see uh, coming down the pipeline in the future for, for artificial intelligence and some of these like deep tech, uh, verticals and topics that 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 we we seem to hear so much about. Um, I'm going to ask you for your industry insight. Oh wow, um, you know there's there's going to be a lot for sure. I mean, we it, there's no it's not hidden, right? AI is here to stay. Um, sure. What I think um, will change is how AI can become a daily thing that people can use. Like again, AI is still date. Like you know, I, I go for family dinners and. Um, you know, everyone just says, "Oh, she does something in tech." Like it's it's that, right? Like, they don't know what I do. Um, yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, earlier they, they were like, "Okay, she works in insurance because people know insurance, what that meant, and stuff like that," right? Like or marketing. Right. AI 
as more applications, um, you know, start rolling out, it becomes more accessible to everyone. Um, we will see AI in every walks of our life. I don't think so. We are at a point where it will be mission impossible style AI yet, but um, we should see AI start impacting every aspect of things we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thank you. Thank you very much for your insight. And now we, we are coming up on the human question, the stupid question that has nothing to do with anything. And I am going to, I am going to ask, you know what? I'm going to ask you a not so crazy, like stupid, silly one. Uh, I, but I love this question. Who are your heroes? Oh, wow. <clears throat> Who are my heroes? Um, like, are you thinking from the cinema or just anyone? Just who Who do you look up to? It can oh. be anyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I look up to my uh, parents, both my parents. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can I can name some other big celebrities, but I really look up to just my parents, right? Like, I mean, they left a small town early on um, to make sure that I have a better life in Dubai, like you know, um, and they um, they started afresh. Um, I, when they retired, they moved back to a new country. Like at that age, moving back to um, a new country was crazy. I I mean, if today someone asked me, go move to a new country, I'll say, are you kidding me? I'm all settled here, right? Doing yeah. it at 60 is hard. Um, so yeah, they uh, I always look up to them. Like the, the, they've gone through ups and downs, um, and uh, but with all positive attitude and part of it being, you know, they'll figure it out. So as much as it's a de developer mentality, I think people who have gone through some of those up and ups and downs have to learn to go with it. Um, yeah. And that's where I get it from. <laughs> that That is awesome. And I mean, clearly, you know, great people were not created in a vacuum. Great people beget great people. And so I... That is a beautiful, lovely answer. We will take it. Uh, and I and I do have to tell you, Rashmi, thank you so much for taking the time to to sit with us and talk to us about all manner of topics, but um, in particular, women in AI. This was this was great. Yeah, no, thanks, Lauren. It was great joining you on the podcast, and um, have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so another thing that is truly truly great folks I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you a little bit more about the compiler podcast with Red Hat uh, you can listen to compiler on Apple podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts they are offering fantastic information around some really unique topics that I don't hear introduced as technology topics every day um, you know I, I we will include a link in the show notes but you can listen on Apple podcast like I said so Thank you so much to, to Compiler Podcast and Red Hat. You are the reason we're able to do what we do. And I look forward to listening to more of your episodes. And folks listening at home, we also have to thank you. Thanks for taking the time week after week to give us a listen at Startup Hustle. Uh, definitely check out our YouTube channel. Check out Startup Hustle TV. We've got, well, I cuss a lot. Uh, I don't know if that's an attraction or not, but uh, we share the story of the entrepreneurs, some of the co-hosts of Startup Hustle podcast. Um, we tell the real stories of entrepreneurship and we definitely invite you to go onto YouTube and search for Startup Hustle, which should pop right up. Give us a listen. Uh, thanks so much for listening and we will catch you on the flip side, friends. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.